Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Studio B. We're back on campus today. Good to be with you here on this Thursday. I'm Sean Kelly, Daniel Sowerson also with me today as we get set for our visit with the voice, Jim Henderson, stops by each and every Thursday. And we'll begin our coverage here of Saints and Bears for Monday Night Football with Jim Henderson today. Looking forward to that. Um, certainly glad to be back in Studio B because that means I'm not on the road. <laughs> man, oh man. We got home last night at about, let's see, we landed right after midnight. Uh, so, you know, I was home, I don't know, 1 a.m. or so. Uh, but the Pelicans lost a tough game last night in Dallas. Uh, you know, I... I, I we're going to talk a little bit more about this with Victor Howell in just a moment. I'm still on the fence. I don't know if I'm, you know, mad, tarked off at the loss, encouraged by what I saw at different stretches during the game. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get my arms around things now, 21 games into the season. And unfortunately, the Pelicans find themselves at 10-11 and 11 with last night's 112-107 loss at Dallas. And uh, I remember telling Brian Gates, Pelicans assistant coach last night, um, that they're there are a few teams in the NBA um, that I want to beat more than the Dallas Mavericks. It's just one of those teams that just, you know, I like their broadcasters. I like the people that work for them. Um, I, I'm not necessarily a Mark Cuban guy, but uh, I respect Dirk Nowitzki and what they've done with their franchise. But there's something about that team that just, I mean, just sticks in my craw. And I, I just, oh, I really wanted last night. But now it's nine straight losses to those guys, and uh, I can't wait to see them when they come back here. I think it's late January. I think it's January 25th, maybe, uh, Daniel. Yeah, so they'll be in New Orleans on January the 25th. We'll talk more about the game, um, certainly with Victor Howell here in just a moment. Kind of break down what happened last night, the 35-point fourth quarter by Dallas and uh, Monte Ellis are really the reason, but uh, there's more to it. We'll talk about that, and we'll also uh, – We'll talk about a little bit later in the show what's going to happen tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center and really over the weekend. Um, if you're into seeing marquee matchups, big-time NBA basketball, this is this is a weekend for you. This is a great way to ring in the holiday season 
basketball-wise with what's going on at the Smoothie King Center this weekend. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, on a baseball note, I was informed last night, and I'm surprised I did not remember this because I'm really a fan of 80s pop culture. But in Back to the Future 2, this is what I was told last night. I need to verify this. In Back to the Future 2, they predicted the Cubs would win the World Series in 2015. Daniel's nodding his head. So, the, okay, maybe I don't need to verify this. I, I that that would just that would be unbelievable. Um, and of course, all this talk is now um, going on because of the Lester signing and and Vegas now saying that the Cubs are 12 to one to win the World Series. And we're not really even, I guess, more than halfway through the hot stove league, if you will, in baseball. I mean, the Red Sox are dealing for Cespedes today, apparently, and. Other teams have been making some big moves, the Dodgers too. But last night on the plane, you know, in, in all the most unlikely situations, this is brought up. This was the conversation on the Pelicans team playing last night that in Back to the Future 2, uh, they predicted the Cubs would win the World Series in 2015. And that kind of, well, first of all, it made me feel old um, that I live to um, going to see this prediction from the sci-fi movie I saw in the 80s. But um, that it's just the whole thing kind of, got me in a different way so that's on my brain too here this morning and the NFL by the way has a new player conduct policy that player conduct policy also um, goes across all employees of all NFL teams we'll see if uh, this holds Uh, we'll see if this goes to court with the NFL PA all those things remain to be seen but that was the result of a uh, a long meeting yesterday in uh, in the Dallas Metroplex so um, I don't want to touch on that today just want to just mention that it was done so uh, Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson with us here from Studio B, of course. Victor Howell as well. He was on the broadcast with me last night, so he's uniquely qualified, of course, to uh, give us his eyewitness account of Pelicans and Mavericks. We're going to do that and hear from head coach Monty Williams after our first time out. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m. when LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers come to town. The Pelicans' best pregame block party tips off the phone at 5.30 with live music by Weathered, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole bunch more. Tickets are limited and going fast. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Victor Howell called the game with me last night on the Pelicans radio network. There was a lot to digest when it comes to Pelicans Mavericks last night at the American Airlines Center. Yeah, there really was, and we talked about it at the top of the broadcast. We thought it was going to be close. Boy, you look at a lot of these statistics in so many different categories. Dallas hit a couple more three points than New Orleans did, but then the same token, New Orleans had a plus-five advantage on the free-throw line. All the way home, you're looking at the numbers. Where did it happen? What, what made the difference? And I think it was two players. I think it was Devin Harris, and I think it was Monte Ellis. Harris started it, ties the season high with 20 off the bench in the third quarter that helped chip into that, that Pelicans lead. And Monte Ellis, what are you going to say? I mean, I, 13 straight points by himself in the final six minutes of the game. Let's just say he misses two buckets. 
two buckets in that stretch, you probably win the game. Yes, you stop in two buckets. How about how about any of those? The time when Asha gets the ball underneath when Chandler goes, except it deflects off his hands and Chandler keeps the possession alive and kicks it back out. Illustrating a three. You know, it's, it's so many little things like that. And coaches in all sports say it all the time. It could be that one or two possessions. You never know when it's going to happen. Just couldn't get those breaks in the fourth quarter. Coach Williams was lamenting the fact that his team got out of the third quarter gate a little slow. That saw Dallas take that lead. But frankly, how many lead changes did we see in the third quarter? It had to be seven or eight. So, I mean, I see what he's saying, but I'm, I'm not so sure I agree. Yeah, and I think I'd go back even to the first quarter. Look at how slow they got out of the gates in the first quarter. They built themselves a 10-point deficit, and it was even more than that early, and then had a dynamic second quarter. But you and I talked about it at the end of the game last night. You can't give up 30-plus and 30-plus in the third quarter and fourth quarter. They did so much work to get out of that hole. Yeah, they came out a little slow in the third, but a lot of it started at the very beginning of the ballgame. That's very true. Okay, last night Drew Holiday was more aggressive on the offensive end. Uh, in talking with Coach Williams, he says uh, Drew had the had just the feeling that Evans was off a little offensively, and it was his job to pick up the slack. Yeah, and, and Holiday, when he finished with 30, that was a season high for him, and almost short, just a little bit short of his career high. And it, 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 it was fun for us at some point where we were sitting last night watching him and Harris go back and forth. Every time Harris went down and hit a three, Holiday answered with a three of his own. Uh, you know, Anthony came up a little uh, a little soft on one of his ankles. I know Coach afterwards said he fine. He said he stubbed his toe. But Holiday really took it on his shoulders to keep that keep the team going out there. And I think he did notice it because he didn't get a lot of point production. You know, Tyreek finished with eight. Asha outstanding on the board, but he only had six points. Mm -hmm. You know, for for all the for all the paint points that Pelicans can get for a seven footer inside, he didn't do a lot of scoring. He certainly did his job on the rebounding. If we're going to be objective about it. We probably had to look at last night's game and say, boy, it would be really nice to win at Dallas, but as good as Dallas is playing and in their place, it may be too tall of an order for the Pelicans. But yet when the game was as close as it was, you feel like, hey, if we can get out of here with one, that'll be huge. So I don't know whether to be disappointed, encouraged, what? I'm at a little bit of a loss, so maybe you can help me on that. I think, I think unfortunately, I think it's both. I think you're encouraged that they did – you asked Monty Williams after the Knicks win at home, what can you carry over or can you carry a lot of it over? And he said, yes. It certainly came alive in the second quarter and then parts of the fourth, especially when Holiday was going. However, as we set up and talked about throughout the broadcast last night in Dallas, when you're in the Southwest Division with five teams heading into last night, all at 500 or better, eight teams in the NBA north of 15 wins, and 50% of those are in the Southwest Division – yeah, you got to be disappointed because those are the kind of games you got to start winning. You got to get some on the road and then defend at home if you can. You were that close in a tough place for a team coming off a tough loss in Memphis in the division. Yeah, that's going to hurt. You got you got to go get those wins. Good points for sure. Nice work last night. Jordan, Jordan, look forward to seeing you. I'll be with you uh, in Houston. Hey, another division matchup. Thanks for looking forward to that next week. Yep, that's the next week. Of course, the Pelicans will be at home this weekend, and it doesn't get any easier based yeah. on what we just talked about. Cleveland on Friday and Golden State on Sunday. All right, again, that's Victor Howell. He's going to serve as analyst on the Pelicans radio network for about two dozen games this year. Uh, John DeShays will be back with me on the broadcast tomorrow night when the Pelicans take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Here is now head coach Monty Williams following last night's loss to the Mavericks. Let's just start with your thoughts. I guess it has to center around the second half and, yeah. and Dallas's ability to score the basketball. Well, the, the thing we hung our hat on last night, um, we couldn't do it tonight as well as we would have liked to. Um, our defense, and they hit some tough shots tonight. I mean, a lot of their threes in the second half had a contested hand, late clock threes. The last shot that Monta hit down the lane, threw the ball up in the air, 15 feet, comes down all net. Um, but we, we couldn't get the timely stops that we needed. And I, I thought our energy coming out of the third quarter 
or halftime wasn't great tonight. Those first four or five possessions um, were vanilla, as we say in our locker room. And we didn't have purposeful possessions then, and then it kind of set the tone for the rest of that quarter. But off of a back-to-back against a team like that, I thought we fought our tails off. A.D. and Drew were great tonight. Uh, Ryan was good getting to the free throw line. Omir was dominant on the boards. We just couldn't stop them in the second half. Gave up 65 points. When Monte got going in the fourth, and I think he carried them for so long, did you have a chance to change things up on him? Did you want to? We did, and uh, we were trying to switch it, and he would drive around our guys. When he's going to the basket like that, he's he's hard to stop. I, I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about the threes that we gave up. Uh, one time, AD had Monta on the wing. It was like three seconds on the clock. He just shot it. Um, that was a tough one to swallow. He was trying to do the right thing and keep Monta in front of him. I don't think he was aware of the clock. Um, and that, that stuff happens in the game, but Monta was great tonight. And then Devin Harris had yeah, 20 off the bench. I thought his threes uh, we had a hand up. He just hit tough shots. What's the emotion after a game like this? Is it frustration? Is it we just got beat? How does it feel? Oh, I just, I'm just, their guys are frustrated. They just lost. I mean, we, we won a big game last night. We lose on the road. Uh, we had a f- chance to beat a really good team on their home floor. We didn't get it done, so guys feel bad. Yeah. Did Anthony not want to come out of the game after he tweaked his ankle? No, he was fine. He, you know, he didn't want to come out, and I wasn't wanting to take him out either, so... I'm never going to put him in harm's way um, unless I see that look in his eyes. And I've been around him long enough to know when I should take him out. He jammed his toe, and he, he said he couldn't feel his toenail or something like that. But I think he was okay. Of course, I visit with Coach every pregame and postgame, and then also on Thursday nights as well. We have one more Monty Williams show before the holiday break. That is tonight, by the way, at 8 Central on the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. 30-minute radio radio magazine all about the Pelicans, of course, featuring an extensive visit with Coach Williams later on tonight. Yours again at 8 Central tonight until 8.30. We're going to turn our attention to football next. Saints, Bears, Monday Night Football. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson with us right after this. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back into the Black and Blue Report. We're turning our attention now to football, and as promised and as usual here on this Thursday, the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, is kind enough to stop by and join us to offer up some thoughts about the upcoming football game. First things first, though, Jim, I've always kind of viewed you now here not only as a good friend but as a little bit of a mentor. And uh, as I've talked to Daniel here in the studio a little bit today, 
Um, I've got my first of probably a couple holiday parties that I must attend this weekend. Um, and so I'm wondering if, if there are any Jim Henderson do's and don'ts at the corporate holiday party. Well, I would say don't double dip your chips and always use a glass before you uh, get into the eggnog. Just don't, just don't pour it directly into your mouth. Use a glass. So I guess those are probably the, the, the two primary ones. And then, you know, don't put any lampshades on your head. Um, don't try to, to make a pass at any of the secretaries. Um, so I think those are all pieces of good advice, all of which I've probably violated somewhere in the course of my career. <laughs> you know, I'm always teasing you about your rip-roaring days um, early in your broadcast career, uh, doing, of course, the uh, the local sports or even the network sports. Uh, surely back in, in the era that you know I'm referring to, there had to be some good, you know, television station holiday parties, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so, when they thought they could afford them. But um, actually, you know, I've always felt great sympathy for people who have to work during the holidays, as so many people with the Saints and you and, and uh, with the Pelicans and on television and radio have to. It's a really difficult time. You know, you, as the leader of a department especially, uh, you want to set the level of, of attention to the, the job and if there's a, a sacrifice to be made, it probably has to be you. So it's always difficult. And when somebody does take vacation, you have to fill in for them. Then they have to fill in for you. And it's a stressful time and a busy time. So I feel great empathy for people that have to work during the holidays now that I essentially don't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and, 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 and nicely put, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, we're getting down to it now, and uh, things have not gone so well here for the black and gold but yet we have uh, quite a, a, a crucial game, not only for the Saints, but for Carolina and Tampa Bay and Atlanta all this weekend. Does it finally come to a head this weekend, or does it just set up for the following week at this point in the NFC South? Well, I've been wrong uh, pretty consistently all year long, but I would say the latter. I, I'm not sure anything will be solved this weekend. I think it probably will come down to next week. You know, the, the, the Falcons could very well lose um, hosting Pittsburgh. Um, that's out of the realm of possibility the Saints will lose going to Chicago. This, this is such a tough team to figure. And I think probably a lot of people uh, were a little bit impressed with how the Falcons came back against the Packers. So, I mean, if it were possible, if the Saints were to beat the Bears and the Falcons were to lose to the Steelers, then I guess you could wrap up the NFC South next week with Atlanta coming here. But, boy, I, I've, I've been so wrong forecasting this team all year long. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I think it's, that's probably the feeling that the Saints fans themselves have. And um, and that leads me to my next question. I know it's only a day's difference, but in some form or fashion, uh, do the Saints uh, get a break here by playing on Monday night as opposed to Sunday and adding one more day's distance from what happened last weekend? Well, possibly, and also they'll know um, what happens with Carolina and what happens with Atlanta. So mm-hmm. uh, that could perhaps enhance their focus for this game. But again, you know what? The Saints have taken on teams coming off bye weeks, like in Pittsburgh, where you thought, well, there's a big advantage to the Steelers. They've gone up there and won. Um, the, the Saints had that short week against Carolina, and they won. Um, the only time they've had a two-game winning streak all season long, having beaten the Packers the Sunday night before. So it's just so difficult to forecast. You know, you'd, you'd like to think you know what the trends are and how this will impact the team. I don't know what that team was that showed up last week or didn't show up really, I guess, more accurately against the Panthers. Being out amongst the fans uh, this week, I don't think I've ever seen the fandom of this team any more upset 
than it has been this week, given the performance of that football team. I have heard from so many people who left that game at halftime, some who didn't even make it that far, a lot of others who left in the third quarter. Um, I know you were on the road and didn't get a chance to, to witness that, but I'll tell you what, it was about as discouraging as I can remember in a long, long time. Everybody harkened back to the Ditka days, and those were perhaps the, the worst days in the history of this franchise. It's hard for me to be objective, obviously, because I work here, you know, on this campus, Jim, but I, I think it's worth bringing up. Did the Saints hit rock bottom this past weekend, or is there a lower basement here that I don't know about? Uh, I think it's uh, it's the ground floor to begin with, and, and the basement still could be plunged and plumbed later on. Uh, every time you think that they're going to rebound off something like that, it, it can get worse. Now, this week, You'd like to think that the Bears being out of playoff contention and with some injuries and, and their own problems um, and perhaps looking to the offseason and staying healthy along the, line, along the way, having lost so many players uh, to injured reserve this year, that they're probably not going to be as focused as the Saints would be, given the Saints have something to play for and the Bears just have pride. But then again, every theme pretty much that I've thought about uh, in the course of the season has been wrong, starting with the very beginning against Atlanta. Would a Saints win then this weekend on Monday Night Football recharge this fan base for what then would be two exciting games to finish? I think it would get their attention. I'm not sure they'd be recharged. I think for the most part, and I think we're all a bit spoiled by uh, the Sean Payton era and the Saints being in the playoffs year after year and being in contention and having won a Super Bowl. I don't think the Saints fans would be totally recharged because I think they're so apprehensive of having played the Falcons before and lost to them, uh, the fact they've lost four straight games at home. Now, if the Saints were to score a road victory, which in the past used to be rare, and then come home to take on the Falcons, uh, boasting the kind of team that went unbeaten at home last year, yeah, then I think you'd really be excited. But I think these fans have been so disappointed, for the most part, by this football team that they'd get a little bit more interested, but I'm not sure it'd be, it would match the fervor of years past in a similar situation. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, tell me more about your homework. Tell me about the Chicago Bears here at this point. Mm. Well, a lot of people in Chicago are billing this as the underachiever bowl. Um, you got two five and eight football teams. You got a team in the Bears that's probably going to fire its defensive coordinator uh, in the off season. That's Mel Tucker. Who knows what the Saints will do with Rob Ryan? Um, Mark Trestman is under the gun, although it's only his second year. They were 8-8 eight and eight last year. They fired Lovey Smith coming off a 10-win season. They're not making the playoffs for the seventh time in eight years. Um, they, they're down on Jay Cutler and all the money they paid him in the offseason. They've gotten away from the run with Matt Forte. They've only run the ball, I think, 13-8 and eight times in their last two games, both losses. Uh, they've been on national television now for the third straight week. They've lost the previous two. Uh, to the Cowboys and then the Lions on Thanksgiving. It'll be interesting, I think, to see what kind of atmosphere there'll be in Soldier Field. It's supposed to be a, uh, a wet, rainy, cold, and chilly and damp night. I wonder how many Bears fans are going to want to turn out to see this team that's now now been eliminated from playoff consideration and, and one that, um, frankly, has lost so many good players. It's not surprising when you think of and Brandon Marshall being the latest, but they've lost you know, Peanut Tillman and Lance Briggs and, um, they've lost the tight end, they've lost Brian De La Puente, their center, all to injured reserve. So it'll be interesting to see how excited the Bears fans are about this matchup on a cold and wet Monday night. Yeah, it could be a mess weather-wise. Uh, on the field, though, Jim, 
uh, when you look at the Bears and the things that you just said, I guess in that context, um, if the Saints are to win Monday night, where do they beat them? Is it through the air? Is it on the ground? What do you think? Well, they aren't particularly good at either. I mean, speaking defensively, they're 16th against the run. Uh, DeMarco Murray just gashed them for 179 yards when they were last on the field against the Cowboys. They're 30th against the pass. And meanwhile, the Saints are similarly inept defensively, 29th against the rush, 29th against the pass, 31st overall. So I can't say there's a particular matchup that uh, looks favorable. It'll be interesting, I think, to see if the, the Bears get back to the running game with Matt Forte, which they've pretty much ignored the last two games. And when you look at Jay Cutler, he's thrown the second-most interceptions in the NFL. If I'm the Bears, having watched the Saints and watched uh, how wonderfully they defense Jonathan Stewart last, last week with a average of 7.8 yards per carry, 155 yards, and a 69-yard touchdown in the third quarter in which he wasn't touched. And given Jay Cutler's problems, I think for the most part, I give it to Matt Forte about 15 times in the first half and see uh, how stout this Saints defense is. And if I have to go to the air, I'm a little concerned putting the ball in Jay Cutler's hands again without Brandon Marshall around. But, again, this is the Saints defense, and it's uh, been awfully hard to figure. And it'll be interesting, too, to see what kind of effect we'll learn, I guess, later today if Kenny Vaccaro truly has been benched. Joe Morgan has been cut. That's not a big loss there. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how Sean Payton has uh, motivated this football team. It's always been one of his strengths in the past. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he motivates them uh, this week with some of the things that he, he's done. Now, I was looking at some statistics. This is going to be the one-year anniversary of the Saints game last year against the Rams in which the Saints lost in uh, St. Louis and benched Charles Brown, eventually cut him and cut Garrett Hartley. This week they bring Garrett Hartley back for a tryout. So uh, it's, a crazy, it's a crazy league. It'll be interesting to see how the Saints respond to the uh, psychological prodding of Sean Payton this week. Yeah, and of their fan base too. There may be some motivation just in trying to save face a little bit here too. Um, yeah, it is interesting that note about Hartley and, of course, the Rams game from last year and everything else. Uh, I'm curious, too, Jim, as to how the mood is when we all gather this afternoon. That's for sure. Um, and, again, uh, I, I had somebody tell me, and I know that you've heard this, too. I had somebody tell me this week, Jim, I, you know, at this point, I hope the Saints don't make the playoffs. Just, just I'm done. I just want to end it right now. Um, and I just laughed. Really? I, why wouldn't you want to go to at least one playoff game, which, by the way, you would host? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree totally with that. Unless you, I guess you're Magic Johnson and you want to see them lose all the rest of their games to improve their position in the draft, which would be greatly impacted, by the way, if they win the uh, NFC South as opposed to just being in the spot they would be by virtue of their record. But I agree. I don't. As long as you're in it, as long as you've got a chance, you better go out and play as hard as you can because you're not only playing for the jobs of your teammates and coaches around you. You're ultimately playing, uh, paying for your are playing for your own uh, job, either if it's here or somewhere else. So, yeah, I, I don't buy that at all. And I know people are upset. I hear the same thing all the time. Uh, yeah, what, why, why do we need to go to the playoffs? If we go, we're not going to be any good. Well, stranger things have happened, and if the Saints can regain their touch at home, um, maybe they win a first playoff game there, at least you go to the second round, and crazier things have happened than people advancing in that sort of situation. I think back of the Giants a few years ago with Eli Manning. So, no, I don't buy that at all. Uh, you're in. You're, it's a 16-game schedule. 
yeah, you're going to be impacted by your position late in the season, but you better play every game as if it's your last and that you're out to win it, not only for you, but the people that pay your uh, your exorbitant salaries and those are the people that are sitting in the stands having forked over some hard-earned money for season tickets. And well said, and on that note, we bid you a safe travel and a great call on Monday night, Jim. Thanks a lot, Sean. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson with us here on the Black and Blue Report, always our favorite each and every Thursday. Back in a moment. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Man, I've got a busy weekend coming up. I, you know, I think maybe more. No, it's not most important. I do have to figure out what I'm wearing, Daniel, to the company Christmas party this weekend. Um, you know, these are decisions I really the, the kind of the whole holiday season this year is, has uh, sneaked up on me here, to say the least. Bow tie, you think? How about the Red Blazer? Okay, yeah. I hope you're all enjoying the holiday season already. I need to get going on that. I, don't, I, I will readily admit, I do not even have a Christmas tree up yet. And, uh, Daniel, what about Hanukkah? Hanukkah starts for the 16th. Okay. Right. You don't, and you have a tree as well. All right, for your wife. Very good. Very good. Um, the dual holiday household in the Salerson residence. I love it. I love it. Um, no, let's get back to the weekend because really it is it is very cool. Um, it starts tomorrow night with the uh, Pelicans and the Cavaliers. LeBron James and the Cavaliers make their lone visit to New Orleans. This year the Pelicans will be looking to split the season series. We're going to talk more about the matchup tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, but I bring it up today because I want you to take this last chance, which I think is going to be today, this last chance to get your hands on tickets for tomorrow night's game. I have a feeling by the end of the day it's going to be sold out. Um, but at the moment, um, there is a limited number of tickets left for tomorrow night's game. And then you can get those, of course, at pelicans.com or by calling, probably this is the best way, call 504-525-HOOP. That way you know exactly, I don't know. It's, I, I just think I'm old school. It's more direct that way. So just pick up the phone and call. We'll see you tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Then, as I mentioned, you know, uh, I have the holiday party I have to worry about on Saturday, but that's not anything, of course, you all <laughs> have to worry about. Uh, but then on Sunday, the big basketball weekend continues because the Golden State Warriors are here on Sunday at 5 o'clock. Perfect family-friendly start time. I also know that a lot of folks have final exams starting next week, and so you can get to the game on Sunday at 5, still get home at a reasonable hour and you'll be in good shape. Um, I will say this. The Warriors are the best team I've seen in person 
thus far. I've also seen Memphis in person, Dallas, Cleveland, San Antonio. Um, but right now, uh, and I've seen the Clippers in person too, but right now I'm telling you the Warriors are the best team I've seen yet. Now that may change, but they'll be here on Sunday, and uh, I think it's worth coming to see, especially when you uh, look at the way that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have been playing. So um, the Pelicans have a tall order ahead of them for the weekend, but man, to get both or one of the two or whatever would certainly give you a push here uh, going into the next 20 or so games on the schedule. So Cavaliers, Pelicans on Friday, Warriors, Pelicans on Sunday, and then the weekend gets extended into Monday with Monday Night Football, of course, as to which we've talked about. We'll pick up our conversation tomorrow about the Saints a little bit more as we'll know a little bit more from the Saints themselves today. Today is their first full day back to work. Head coach Sean Payton will speak to the media. So will quarterback Drew Brees. And John DeShazer and I will be in the Saints locker room after practice today. Full coverage later on today at NewOrleansaints.com and on your Saints mobile app. And we'll continue that conversation here on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. Thanks to our guests today, Jim Henderson, of course, Victor Howell, and head coach Monty Williams. We'll see you on the radio tonight for the Monty Williams Show. Otherwise, right back here tomorrow for the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.